Hi. Uh, is that seat taken? Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Is anyone sitting here? Maybe. Maybe. Girl, anyways. Excuse me, uh, do you mind if I have a seat? Nah, you can't sit here. If you scoot down, I could squeeze in. Um, who, who, you, who you looking at like? You know what? Let me go find my own table. Welcome to Poor Mom, an interactive podcast that encourages you to let your hair down and pour yourself a drink. While listening to conversations about womanhood and motherhood, it is as real and organic as the chaos around you. Make sure you head over to the Poor Mom YouTube channel to get this week's mocktail or cocktail recipe and have a little story time with me, your host, Tawana Edwards. On this episode of Poor Mom, I sat down with my best friend, Shadé Brefford Bond, founder of the nonprofit Free Foster Care Books, Inc., author and speaker to discuss the imaginary table and answer the question, is there room at the table for everyone? This week, our drinking game is called WTF or what the flip. You will need a coin, preferably a quarter. And every time you hear the word table, flip the coin. If it lands on heads, take a sip. Okay, let the games begin. Today, we're going to be talking about the seat at the table, right? And primarily how it relates to Black women. I think me and you had a conversation, Sade, uh, Mm -hmm. yesterday or maybe the day before where we were talking about how, you know, when it comes to the game plan, um, sometimes we as Black women are so secretive with what we're doing that when someone says, Oh, how did you do that? Or what did you, how did you get started doing X, Y, Z when it comes to business that we will give vague responses and we'll dance (laughs) around the answer Mm -hmm. as opposed to just giving the game plan. And I went to social media, Instagram, my Instagram and also on my Facebook, and I asked the question, is there enough room at the table for everyone? Hmm. And I had some surprising answers. I'm going to share with you what Instagram said. Okay. 75% of Instagram said yes. 25% of Instagram said no. That's interesting. On Facebook... 83% said yes, and 17% said no. Now, I want to tell you, (laughs) that shift in Instagram just had to have just happened recently because during the day, it was more no's than yeses. Mm -hmm. So do you think that there's room at the table for everyone? answer to this, of course there is. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know me. So I personally think that everybody has, and this is everybody, regardless of what color you are, gender, however you identify, I, I feel like everybody has skills. You know, some people might be able to write. Some people might be able to speak really well. Some people might be able to play sports and be gifted athletically, but everybody has a gift. And I think that everybody has the ability to use whatever they're good at to transition or transfer that into making money. I think that in our community, sometimes you'll find that well, okay, I'll, I'll tell you from my own personal experience. I find that that some Black women, not all, because I have a pretty good circle, but what I observe is that I think some Black women feel like if they share with you what they're doing, then somehow they will lack something, right? Maybe they won't make as much money. Mm-hmm. If they teach you or show you how they do what they're doing. And I think that's kind of one of the, the tragedies, I think, in our community is that we have this level of competition that really doesn't need to be doesn't need to be there. I don't personally observe and I'm just giving my own perspective that level of inter, I would say, interracial competition in any other group outside of. The black people. And I know that might be controversial for some people to say, but that's kind of been a little bit of my lived experience. I think other groups don't compete with one another as much as we do. And especially when you narrow it down to uh, black women, I think sometimes it can be a little competitive. But for what reason? I don't know. What do you think? No, I totally agree with you. And I think that, you know, we've had this conversation before and I always say there's enough room at the table for everyone. You know, when you have a, a country that is, you know, has trillions of dollars and then black people being the number one consumers, why would we not want to promote, to help, to assist other black people in getting those dollars. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why? But I, I agree. I think that it falls down to if I, if I give you the game plan, then you're going to take from my consumer base and I'm going to lose money. But in reality, I always say this, and these are obviously not black brands, but if Louis Vuitton can come out with some purses and Gucci can come out with some purses and both of them can be million dollar companies, probably billion dollar industries. Why can't, you know, black girl A and black girl B do the same and both have just as much financial gain both as the next person without it at being, the table for everyone. You know, and the reality is, is that all brands, all businesses, all things compete so the more we have equals the more options we have. And in a competitive world, especially when it comes to consumers, we want options. The world is competitive. We need more people competing and we need more people competing that is black for our dollars. Mm. You know, the interesting thing is it's not always an issue of finance either, what I this is again, this is what I observe. Let's say um, I, I'm gonna go use myself as an example. Let's say I'm a writer, mm-hmm. and let's say um, you, you have somebody else that may sell makeup, for an example, just using it as a complete example. Yeah. Sometimes 
when you have two completely different service industries that won't ever cross or intersect, sometimes within our community, we will still not tell the writer Mm -hmm. how we did our business because I think within our community, I think that Black women have not seen enough examples of success, Mm -hmm. success being shared, so that even if we are in two completely different, you know, professional spaces, we still won't share because I think there's still a level of insecurity where one woman internally feels like I don't want the next person to be more successful than me, regardless of the service industry. And I think, again, it's one of the challenges of of being in our community is that we just don't help uplift each other enough. Not to say that it doesn't go on because I see examples of it all day. I love, you tell me about your your friend that, that goes around and calls everybody queen. I love it. I love to see the support and it's definitely there. But I think that as Black women, we can do a much better job at being consistent and helping each other and just helping to encourage each other along the way, whether it's a professional pursuit, whether it's, you know, some type of, you know, personal encouragement, whatever it is. That's that. I don't know. That's my thoughts. What do you think? No, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. It doesn't matter what service industry it is. And the thing about it is I'm going to use a word and it's not the best word, but some people are just haters. It just is what it is. <laughs> like, they don't want to see you grow. They don't want to see you do something better than them. They really don't want to see you shine. Example, you can have um, 500 people thousand people on Facebook, right? right? You do something great and everybody will congratulate you. So it's that surface. Yay. But in the background, they've done nothing to support that. Even if it cost them zero dollars and maybe a small investment of time, they won't really go support it. They'll just surface cheer for you. So they'll say, yay. But in the inside, it's like, I ain't about to go. Mm. You know, I don't like that. I feel like I'm one of those people that I believe in the word proud. I am proud of you. And me saying I am proud of you kind of comes off as weird to some people. But to be honest with you, when you are doing great things and I know you or I've seen you transition over time to be this person who is out there getting it. Let me let you know that I'm proud of you because some people have never heard that word. I'm proud of you be said. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing good things. Take a moment, stop and congratulate somebody. You mentioned Crystal. And the one thing about Crystal that I I commend her and I admire her for is she is one of those people that whatever she's doing, it doesn't matter. This girl has a, this girl, this woman has a notary business, a liquidation business. She has a business that helps with foreclosures and Literally, she will write out, and I mean write out the game plan. This is what you do. You go here, you go there, you go this. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, and for me, that right there changed my perspective and saying, wait a minute. If she can give me the game plan, then I can give other people the game plan because I she's not threatened by me. And I think it really falls down to that threat. I'm threatened by you. But but Um, again, what would cause... I mean, in a in a normal everyday situation, what would cause a person to be threatened by you, by by your, you know, 
success by just by you being who you are. There's nothing in of you, in and of yourself, mm-hmm. that is threatening. So there has to be something present with internally within um, within us that says, "I don't want her to do better than me." Yeah, absolutely. So I'll keep some of the knowledge to myself. Or maybe just give you enough to get started. You know, I had a very um, unfortunate situation because I, I'm like you. I feel like to a certain extent, you got to pra- You have to practice what you preach. And I, I had a friend that I was helping out um, with, just helping on some writing projects. And just to keep things, you know, a little pseudo transparent. Yeah. He was telling me about how she had the opportunity to help another um, another young lady, but she wasn't going to take full advantage of giving her all of the information. Mm-hmm. And my question was, well, why not? Right. <laughs> you know, and internally I'm thinking, I'm helping you. <laughs> so what's wrong with, even though, again, two different service industries, what's wrong with you saying, okay, the, the next girl is coming down the line and she needs some help in a completely different area. And I think sometimes we don't make the connection. We will receive help from other people right. in one department, one area, but still not be willing to give help to somebody else in a completely different area. And I think, again, that, that, that's important. That, that, that's important. Shade made a really good point. Why is it that we feel so threatened? What is it about each other that is threatening? I mean, if we're all out here chasing goals, glowing and growing, isn't that a win for Black women? We're out here killing it, right? So we should all be celebrating each other instead of trying to tear each other down or stop each other's progress. There is this myth that black women can't have friends or be friends with one another without it being catty. And I've never experienced that personally. But again, going back to this experience that I recently had with my friends and her just not being willing to help somebody else. And I'm thinking to myself, but I just helped you. I'm in the process of helping you. That's interesting to me. I think some of the threat is also when you say success, I think that that is part of it. Them succeeding or them succeeding beyond what you find is your success. But I also think that it has to do with failure. Hmm. If I'm doing something and you're doing something and my business folds and your business blossoms, then I gave you all of the tools to outdo me. And I'm not saying that I think that way, but I think that some people think that way. I don't want to give you the tools. It's kind of like, you know, they always say that in the United States, we taught, I think, China or Korea, whatever one of those Asian countries it is, how to make guns. And they turned around and they perfected it. And I think that they have, I think that some women, black women, and I'm not saying that it's in other groups or not, but they have that fear that if I give you the game plan, you're going to perfect it, master it, and do it better than me. And that's the threat. I don't want you to outbeat me. I still want you to have a level of being right underneath. Mm, you know, That's interesting. It's, uh, you can be close, but I don't want you to 
you know, because then you've surpassed me. And they're like, well, isn't this your student? <laughs> you know, the sensei, when the sensei, when the student beats the sensei type of idea, mm-hmm. it's like, we don't want that to be the case because then it's like, well, we start to question our ability. Like, well, well, what did I not know? But that doesn't mean that it's not an opportunity for the student to help the teacher. You know, you know, that is, I think it's interesting that you say that. And, and that has to do with ego. Yeah. What I've learned in my years of life is that at a certain point, there's going to always be somebody better than you. It's going to always be somebody that can do what you do twice, three times, four times as good as you. I think that for me personally, I try to like not take things personal, but take things personal. What an honor it is for you to show somebody how to do something. And then they take that knowledge and they elevate it to a level that even you don't have, you know, that own personal Um, experience with achieving. That's an honor because it means that the knowledge that you have is that valuable that a person can take hold of that and run with it. And and I don't, and I think that's, that's the benefit I think of being a teacher. I think any teacher would be proud to have somebody, um, a student in that regard. What an interesting point Shade made. I mean, isn't the point of the imaginary seat at the table is to benefit from the person or the people who came before you and shattered the ceiling. It's to say that I've already done all of the hard work. I've already gone through all of the, you know, the naysayers and the ups and the downs to really have this for you to perfect. I mean, at least I thought that's what it meant. Personal. I think at the end of the day, I'm a cheerleader. I want you to do well. All the awesome stuff that you are doing in your life right now, like I sit back and I'm like, dang, like I, I want to want it to succeed and be successful. Even if I never wrote another book or did anything else, my personal success has nothing to do with your personal success. Right. And I can achieve or not achieve and that not impact my love, my level and ability to be a cheerleader for you. You're my best friend for over 20 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who's sitting back in the cut wanting other people to fail. And, and again, it's a challenge that we have within our, our community because sometimes we don't see those examples of people yes. who are willing to help, who are willing to cheerlead, who are willing to share that knowledge and it not be anything other than this is a nice thing to do. It's a good thing to do. This is the right thing to do to help encourage somebody else. I think we don't see examples of that too often. Um, or maybe I should say we don't see it often enough to make that be a part of our everyday routine. Right. And I don't think that that's always natural for people. Sometimes you have to unlearn things before you can learn the right or appropriate things. But I would never internally want to see you fail. I, I would always want to see you do better. Even if I never did anything worthwhile again in my life, I'm going to still be on the sidelines cheering for my best friend because that's what you do. 
I don't know. Is that no, not normal? That's, no, that's the thing. It should be. We have to normalize the real meaning of sisterhood. Sisterhood is not about, you know, travel, just traveling with your friends and drinking with your friends. It's elevating, rooting and cheering for them. And I have to say that I do like of the people who cheer for me. You are one of the biggest people that I'm like. And I come to you sometimes seeking a little bit of validation, like, okay, is this, am I on the right track? Because I know that on one side, I know you're going to say you're brilliant. You have great ideas, but on the other side, I can rely on you to be like, I don't think that's it. So it's transparency and friendship, but I also think that people have to surround themselves with the right people. Not everybody is your friend <laughs> and not everybody is meant mm-hmm. to be your sister. Not everybody is meant to be in your sister's circle because not everyone is your friend. And if you notice that you're doing something and you have a constant person who is negative or competing with you, they're not your friend mm. because there's no room in, in friendship for competition. It is really like, hey, I don't know how many times you've done something. I mean, we go back to eBay store all the time. You were doing the eBay store. I saw you out here hustling, making money. I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> what you doing? And you had no problem saying, hey, this is what you do. You do this, you do that, you do this. And just like you, I was, oh, I didn't do it as well. <laughs> Let me tell you, you mastered that like nobody's business. But I was still able to do it enough and it was beneficial. And I think that when you're not competing and you don't see competition and you really, truly are wanting the best for your that person, your, your friends, your family, whomever, you don't even think to hate. A, a person can still be your friend mm-hmm. and still have feelings of maybe envy or jealousy or competition, still not want to give you all of those things and still be your friend. Because I think the part of what makes people want to be your friend is a different is different from the insecurities that they have in life. Some people just never had those good types of examples, but they still desire your friendship because ultimately, you know, what are some of the building blocks of friendship? You know, love, trust, you know, those types of bonds, communication that we have with each other, kindness, respect, a mutual level of respect. I think to a certain extent, you can still have some of those elements in friendship, but still be so insecure in yourself that you feel a level of jealousy when somebody else is doing better than you. So I don't think having those feelings disqualifies you from being considered to be a friend and even a real friend. I think it just kind of hints at your humanity. And it just means in terms of character development, you uh, that particular person has more work to do so that they can take the focus off of what the other pe- person or friend is doing and focus more on building up their own self-esteem and confidence. Because let me tell you one thing about myself. I may be many things, right? And I have my good days and my bad days, but I have enough confidence in my own ability to produce, whether I produce it or not, is not, you know, doesn't matter. But I'm confident enough in myself to know that what I do has no impact or any bearings on what other people do. And everybody's not there. 
at that level of confidence. But I think that it's a it's an opportunity for that person who maybe is lacking in that area to do some more like internal work on themselves so that they can rise to that occasion and not feel the need to be in competition with their friend. But that that shouldn't disqualify them from being a friend. No, I I think you're you're saying it right. But those people that say there's no room at the table, I really didn't know. I didn't ask the why. But do you think that you have to always to always ask for a seat at the table or can you build your own table? You know, if if you were to ask me this question at a different point in my life, I think I would be inclined to go with um, the asking part. But at this stage in my life, I think that if there is no seat, (laughs) you build the chair or you build another table (laughs) in the sense that I think um, you create those opportunities for yourself. You you go out and you hustle and you do whatever you have to do, because at some point you're going to gain enough momentum in whatever area that you are functioning in where you're going to be able to thrive on your own. For me personally, I think gone are the days where I sit around and wait for an opportunity to come. You know my philosophy on this. I feel like, you know, life is 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 ups and downs, right? You're going to have a lot of good things in life that happens, a lot of bad things. Eventually, I'm a speaker, so I use this example all the time. Eventually, somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that I can speak is going to call, email me, request me to speak at their event. COVID or no COVID, COVID is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But that's few and far in between. So during, at this stage in my life, I don't want to sit back and wait for somebody to find me. I have to say, okay, Sade, what can you do to create opportunities for your own self so that you can enhance yourself professionally in the context of speaking? And I think with any other opportunity, any type of entrepreneur venture, anything that a person is doing, I think in 2021, we need to stop waiting for good things to happen and start pursuing those opportunities and pursuing those things on our own and build a a much better level of momentum. So for me, build a table. And guess what? If you don't know anything about carpentry, Google it. Okay. (laughs) YouTube will tell you everything. Everything. (laughs) I I think I 100% agree. I think that when you are seeking a seat at the table to to eat amongst the people who have already kind of carved the way. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, when you see that door is not opening, stop seeking permission to open it for yourself. Stop seeking permission to sit. Build the leaf to go in the table to extend it. Like you said, the chair or build your own table. I totally agree with that. I think sometimes we seek so much validation and the nod for those people that we admire or consider the great that we end up psyching ourselves out or stopping ourselves from just pursuing. And I think that's something that you say all the time. Just do it. Just do it. And me, I'm one of those people. I'm like, I want to just do it, but I need to make sure I know everything that I can absorb, watch, whatever. But sometimes if you don't launch, you won't. And what I found to be interesting when I was doing the poll results is that the majority of the no's, the no, there's not room at the table for everyone 
came from men. And after having some conversation with my cousin, he kind of explained to me the reason why he said no. And I thought it was very interesting. This, my cousin Cameron, uh, very vocal on this topic when I went to Instagram. And he said, he totally disagrees with us. When okay. It comes to black women, he said that we are supporting and promoting more. And I will attribute this, and people probably gonna be like, nah, I was before her, to Michelle Obama. I do. Something about her presence for mm-hmm. us really shifted the way we treat each other in the black community. I mm-hmm. really believe that. That's when I noticed it the most. And I'm not saying she said anything or did mm-hmm. anything more significant than just be herself, very graceful mm-hmm. and poised. And then she did tell us to go high when they go low, which is <laughs> very hard for black women because we already, we ready to go. Like <laughs> you, you, if you leap, we jumping like, but I will, he did say, so my cousin said that he sees it more in black men actually, hmm. and that black women are more inclined to support each other, but black men will not. We're not you know, men, but what do you think about that? So, so here's the thing. I, I, I think that it would be a shame to assume that the generalization that we are making covers all black women. I, I certainly don't think that all black women are unsupportive and and don't help each other out. No, I, I don't. I don't think that at all. I think that there is a certain number uh, or a certain amount of black women who are not supportive to the next young lady in line. And I and, I, and that's just again, that's, that's my personal experience. It's my personal observation. So that I've seen. I think that. It has gotten better, right, over time, over the years, especially you mentioned Michelle Obama, even with obviously Kamala Harris being the the first black, um, the first black vice president of the United States, the first woman of the of the United States. You do see a level of camaraderie just in general, like rallying around a leader that naturally spills out to help. For, for black women to help encourage each other. So I'm not saying that, that that doesn't happen. I think that it does happen. I just think that the fact that we still are in 2021, where you'll have you know our, our sisters, our queens, basically not wanting to share the knowledge, even if it was just one person. And of course, I suspect there's many more. That's still one person too many. I think that the culture, our culture needs to promote a sense of camaraderie and unity and encouragement and support when the next one, the next woman is doing something that is worthy of being praised, worthy of being encouraged and supported. As far as men, I'm not, I can't really speak on that because I'm not a man, (laughs) but based on observations, I think I will be inclined to agree with Cameron that you see it even uh, amongst uh, Black men as well. But as a woman, My hope, I think, for our community is that we don't see it at all, that it doesn't exist, that everybody can get to a level of confidence and security in themselves, that they don't need to hold back information from the next one. Whether you're that Um, person that believes that there's room at the table for everyone or you'd rather build your own table, the reality is, is that innovation is key. 
And whenever there's an opportunity to be innovative and creative and advance yourself in business and your personal life, you should go ahead and take the leap. In the words of Madam Vice President Kamala Harris, you don't need permission to leave. You just leave. You've been listening to Poor Mom, an interactive podcast. Be sure to head over to our Poor Mom YouTube channel to continue the conversation with your host, Tawana Edwards. Love this episode? Subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to follow Shade Bradford Bond at Free Foster Care Books on Instagram and check out ShadeBradford.net to purchase any of her books, including her hallmark, Hope That Remains. Thanks for listening.